1: Tuesday, December 4th, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our chilly Orlando studios, on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from up the road in Gainesville, Florida. Big cat, Eddie Koffeltz.
2: Do you just not have heat in the studio? Is that the problem? Because <laughs> it's chilly in Gainesville. I'm inside, heater's on, totally comfortable. Oh not no, I,
1: I I I drop the temperature. I mean, I'm I want the inside to be as cold as the outside because we have so few days where it's you know not balmy and in the 80s. You know, so <laughs> yeah. oh, like, I get that. It's like, I like it,
2: light, f- light a fire immediately. And it's I'm like, literally Ooh. like it's like
1: 58 mm-hmm. outside. It's going to be 58 inside, and we're lighting a fire.
2: So oh sure sure light yeah. sure. A fire in my soul. I'll play that on <laughs> <laughs> guitar. I think it's a Hillsong song. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for the live show, Eddie.
1: <laughs> On the Skype line from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Hello, Christmas elves. And just down the street, the grand Christmas elf, author, speaker, podcaster, Annie F. Downs.
3: <laughs> Good morning, gents. <laughs> the grand Christmas elf. Isn't that the Santa
4: grand Claus? Elf. <laughs> That's true. That's so He's an elf. Isn't that Santa? <laughs> I, I, uh, I,
1: if, if listeners are wondering, where's Jesse? Uh, we told you about it last week. We are uh, letting him have a holiday. Vacation, holiday
2: sabbatical from the show. He will be back soon. Jesse but... gets a vacation once every 15 years. That's right. It was <laughs> it's written it's in the time. He gets a couple. It gets a couple weeks off. And uh, I got to tell you, I listen back to the show. Yeah. I like being arrogant and about my own abilities here on the show. Not the same without Jesse. I can't wait for him to come back. He'll be back.
1: Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to, I don't know, you might have heard of her. Lauren Daigle. Lauren Daigle's joining us. She's on the cover of the new issue of Relevant and, I don't know,
3: making a little bit of waves with her new album. So uh, that interview is coming up later on the show. I think that... I, I think that I, I like to think that Jesse's out there listening to the show right now. I'm talking about I'm like he's dead. He's not dead. I like he's to not think dead. he's listening. Dear to everyone, that, that we're great, not keeping a secret from you. Great big podcast he's not dead. studio in the sky. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> that great big loverland
2: in the sky. Jesse's looking down on us, just watching the
5: show. <laughs> Jesse's been looking down on me since I started this. That's part of the That's problem. That's not
2: true. There's there's <laughs> the joke. Hold well on.
1: Have you guys noticed on Twitter that people have commented that uh, when Jesse's not on the show? It's way shorter.
4: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I've actually
3: noticed it too. I think it's because Jesse. Here's here's one thing that Jesse would bring in is uh would bring in Jesse that Jesse brings in is he takes the stories that for most people would be like uh, oh here's a funny thing that happened to me twenty seconds you know yeah. Yeah. it happened to me earlier today I started it, this happened but and it was done and I've always admired people who are able to take those stories and spin like these whole. Fables, these Tolkien epics out of those because I feel like I can't do that without losing the audience. You know, yeah. like yeah, we get it. all right, wrap it up. I could be probably like you're thinking and right by now. Audience,
5: you mean your friends? You but, lose ju- all but, of us.
3: Yeah, but 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 Jesse, some other like really good storytellers, they take those minute moments and they just weave worlds out of them. Like it becomes the whole cinematic universe where you're bringing in side characters and subplots. I can't do that. And and I gotta just say, Jesse just talks a lot. Like I was on the phone with him the other
2: night and even in real life, not like podcast life, like in real life, I just found myself going, "Hmm." he's really giving a very long answer. And it's all very interesting.
1: He doesn't have an outlet right now. Like, think about it. I feel so bad for his friends and family that he, that cooped up, cooped up talking. He doesn't have a a two and a half hour, you know, it's a kettle. He's a teapot and the steam (laughs) needs to escape somehow. Right. And then he gets you on the phone and you're basically having a podcast episode. So, so
5: when he comes back, yeah. it's going to be like four hour episodes for the first month. He's going to have so many out.
1: stories. <laughs> he's going to have so many new extravagant mind yeah. travels
2: to tell us YouTube videos and things and yeah, <laughs> dangerous no. stunts. He's seen that he's got to try. Oh, no. His brain
3: is one of my favorites on the planet. Do you guys you guys know that friend and, and we all have that friend who who uh, they do. They, they talk a lot, but it's not interesting. Like they yeah. just, they just keep They tell the story and you're like, Oh no. Like they they call, you'll, see going, them, oh, you'll see them, you'll see them like calling you on the phone. And you're like, I just don't have the bandwidth right now. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm going to have to send this one to voicemail. It's, yeah. it, it's it what's the what word you people need?
5: said before bandwidth because bandwidth is a technological term that we say now that makes sense. But oh. in the seventies, what did they say fuel? when they didn't have the, the what? fuel in the, the tank?
6: Capacity. Capacity. Yeah. Capacity.
5: capacity. Okay. I need both the strings to not say it like I'm an idiot. That's a legitimate
6: question. You're the writer,
5: but I wasn't in 1971.
6: That's
3: true. That's true. The whole time I've been
5: writing, there's been bandwidth.
3: And he's just sitting, sitting at her computer, trying to think of another word for bandwidth.
4: On my mid-sixties novel, I'm working on.
3: <laughs> that would be a great turn of
2: your whole career if your next book was just a fiction book set in the early seventies. Everybody's like, "Why are you? Why are you continuing to use the word bandwidth? It wasn't even <laughs> available during this time." Just, just I'm
3: ready for Annie to make her move, her transition to fiction. I think Um, fiction is, there's, I think there's a lot of material there for you. There's a lot of untold stories. And I think that you're, you are the woman to revitalize the, Christian colonial romance novel. Oh yes, it's, it needs a shot in the arm. It's, okay. it's, I think it's been. I think it's been trailing. I don't have any numbers on this. You know what this it is? is right.
1: I got. It. I got it. She's got a love for Scotland. Just move the Amish over to Scotland. There you go.
3: Oh, like these little Scottish and these like gingham blue dresses, and yeah. they meet some okay. like. And they and they they're famished, and they meet some rich guy Scottish who's not Amish. A Christian, and he's engaged to you know a terrible woman like who's just yeah. in there for the money. Yeah. So should I
5: write, it sounds like you want me to write Hallmark
3: movies. Well, yeah, but there's like a Christian element to it. (laughs) Obviously you're not changing (laughs) publishers (laughs) here. Let's be real. Like you got to think about the bottom line. Yeah. yeah. You got an audience. Yeah.
5: Okay, great. I, I mean, I'm all for it. Ooh, I've got a novel uh, outlined on my wall, by the way, just so y'all 100, know. 100, really?
2: Ooh, a hundred yeah. days to passion. That's what it's called. Oh, wow. oh my oh. gosh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Man, I want to, I can't, but I want to. Well, like, <laughs> very short
1: engagement. Eddie, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, Eddie, and your hundred days to passion, that just sounds like a very short engagement to, and with it's a hundred days till the wedding night. Is that what you're saying?
2: I oh I'm not going to respond. It's <laughs> I like just that you like you This is a joke As novel. far as
3: I can take it.
4: Yeah, this is I
3: <laughs> and Amy, I really want you to write everybody. I want you to write phonetically the Scottish accent and all okay. the dialogue. Sure. Like, don't let don't leave it up to the reader's imagination. Just put in a lot of like, <laughs> like four R's in a row draw for the Scottish bro, like, like to roll okay. the R's. Great. I think that I, I I'm giving away all my good ideas here, but I trust you to take it over to the finish yeah, line. Thank I'm you. the idea guy. You're yeah. the actual like boots on the ground. I'll just give you a
5: cut. Like you're my agent. I'll just give you a little cut, and by cut I mean like a dollar.
3: Well, it's half and half. I come up with the ideas, you write them out. I've already done half the work here. (laughs) Half and half. Interesting. Did it over the finish line. eh? I think that's what
1: Jerry Jenkins and Tim LaHaye did.
3: Yeah, that's true, actually. And Jenkins was on the book.
5: Wait, yeah. one of them is the ideas guy and one of them is yeah. the writer
1: guy? Yeah, like Tim LaHaye was like the theology guy and Jerry right. Jenkins was the writer. I mean, he was a magazine okay, editor. Okay,
5: Eddie, so you'll do the theology of a hundred days of passion.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is three names on the bottom of the book now. This is getting a little long. We're not for cover art because we yeah. need that picture of the Scottish lass like carrying yeah. her bushel of thistles or I don't know what they had. Oh, this yeah. is in my department. A bushel of okay. thistles.
2: I don't have a lot of reason behind this, but I'd sure would like to see Chandler's name on the book as well. <laughs> <Just for>
4: like, <laughs> I'm willing to forego a little bit of cash just
2: to just to have him be a part of this project. Okay, okay. To see him on a panel having to talk about this book.
4: Yeah, <laughs> feels unspeakable <laughs> right. okay. joy. Yeah, yeah. Done. Chandler's
2: like, I've never, I've never even been to Scotland. I've I don't read really. so many books,
5: I've never been on a panel over books, but this time with 100 Days to Passion, the Scottish romance, oh, yeah. the Scottish Christian romance novel written by four of us will for sure get us on a panel of some.
3: Sort. Oh, I mean, you're a great writer. I, I like your books. You know that. I'm a big fan of yours. But I don't know if any of your books have revitalized an entire genre Right? to this no, point. So this is, there's going to be a lot of panels here. Yeah, you're right. Why? The panels
4: Annie,
1: are coming. Annie, you're a writer in the Christian market. Why are there so many Amish Prairie fiction books. I have no idea. I I mean, (laughs) like what are they? I mean, is, I mean, are they love stories? Yeah.
5: They're all like love stories. Yeah. They're all like Amish fiction. Like
1: I was just, I was at at the airport and it was like, they had one of those kiosks. Yeah. Yeah, They had one of those kiosks and it said like inspiration, you know, and it was like all the Christian books and it was like, you had your Joel Osteens and and those, and then there were literally like 10 yeah. Like thick paperback novels like these romance novels. Yeah. But they were like all Amish
6: people or prairie people I'm and pre- stuff. Pretty sure our parents published some of those books.
4: Oh,
5: oh my gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh gosh. oh, God. I hope this I is true. Is this true, think, Cameron?
6: I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they do. I'm pretty sure they do. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure they have like an imprint that does the the Amish thing. No. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I love that so Annie, much. We, hey, let, let Annie, we got your Scottish Amish novel uh, yeah, we publisher. Got a publisher. We
1: got
5: a Listen, I'll be in you. I'll be in Orlando in just a few days. Can y'all just set up a quick meeting meet with the publisher? It's my, uh, yeah. it's
3: my happy duty to inform you all that Amazon has an entire category, Christian Amish romance. Yes. I, I am <laughs> literally in it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm below <I'm, I'm laughs> <I'm deep. laughs> I am deep.
5: It's yeah, it's cr- I mean, it is like really a genre. It's probably the only Christian fiction genre that stands on its own like
4: that
3: <laughs> you, you can get right now the amish love divine box set the entire oh, box set it is up there no. for zero dollars yeah. and 99 cents folks oh this, is, this is i'm not this is they're not even a sponsor i'm just a fan of the product i'm telling you guys about a great <laughs> deal this, uh, <laughs> yeah. you can go check it out right now that's
5: just a deal anybody can have
3: oh, the amish
2: firefighters widow that's the Amish Bachelors box set. You, you can't be an Amish firefighter.
5: Wait, an Amish firefighter. This, this is, this is yeah. our
2: parents. These are
1: our parents' books. Oh no! I say, Chandler's. Chandler's showing me a link uh,
6: full of their. Their the, uh, imprint is called Realms, and I'm looking at oh, Realms for sale. My They're, gosh! Uh, well over a dozen of these Amish like. Realms Uh, is the imprint that they own Realms is the string
5: imprint Oh my god I love this so much I could not love this more Your parents are part of the problem And the solution I am
2: never coming back Like You've lost me for this show So you guys can keep talking (laughs) I've got a whole other thing to do right now
5: Eddie looking with the titles you see Which is the one that you're like Honestly I might read that
2: Oh I might truly read a lot of these
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Am- Amish Amish widow's secret where she is clearly very pregnant. Oh. Um, wait, oh.
5: wait, how the, many widows are there in Amish
2: land, Lord? Their son's Amish baby? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm, Eddie, I'm,
1: Eddie I'm, read me some back covers on these. I, I yeah, I'm trying these desperately
2: to find a look inside version so that I can start reading. Uh, <laughs> so that I can read you guys an excerpt. I, I will get one before the end of the show, and I'm just gonna hop in. When things get very, very real, is when I'm reading you an excerpt.
3: So I'd like, I'd like you guys. Is te- I just texted a uh, texted an image of a cover to you, and I'd like to get some of your hot takes. Okay. Uh, oh my goodness! Oh uh, my gosh! The so, Amish
5: matchmaker. The Amish yeah. matchmaker,
3: matchmaker. But which it's a sounds nice. Like a nice
1: Lady, looking longingly at a at a golden retriever laying in a
2: meadow, and and let's just talk about this design wise. Yeah, the the photo they photoshopped this where the golden retriever is or is up to basically her shoulder. Yes. Yeah, so this is, is. probably
3: a four and a half foot tall golden retriever here.
2: Yeah. And a very, very tiny Amish woman.
5: <laughs> and there is no way that the author's name is Emma Moss, because literally that is just a bunch of the same letters that they rearranged. And somebody in house is writing this book.
2: Oh, it is.
5: Emma Moss is not a person.
2: Truly incredible.
3: I, I know I said earlier, Annie, that you don't need to switch publishers for this. But now that we know that realms is out there, and you have some connections, <laughs> oh you That's know what I'm, saying, I'm in Orlando you,
5: in just a few days,
3: <laughs> and I gave you a great idea. I just, I just pitched you my, my right. concept. I feel like you could be, and I, based on my understanding of these books, they kind of write themselves. To be honest, I don't think mean, it's going to take a whole lot of work on your part. Right. Well,
5: like, I, I got to at least storyboard something. something on the wall. I, I bet, I bet there's not a lot of research that goes into no. Amish fiction. I bet or, it's just or, other or, Amish fiction. Based on the knowledge,
3: f- there's an Amish firefighter novel. I would guess they don't know a whole. They're not really embedded in the Amish community for these. This isn't Jonathan. <laughs> there's Fires in about Amish here.
5: land. So there's got to be firefighters, right?
2: I, they don't yeah, just go let the well burn. My- <laughs> they yeah, they have, have like a big deal in the Amish world. You got to have firefighters.
1: But what did yeah. oh, the machinery
2: do? It they would use? be a
1: horse drawn carriage, in just buckets. like in the 1800s, where they'd have like a big old a uh, pump system. system. Like, yeah, like a pump yeah. well or, uh, you know, uh, like a barrel on the yeah, back, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm. Very tiring. About
5: <laughs> <a pirate. laughs> all, everything about Amish that I've researched for my new novel seems very tiring. Very Nothing tiring. about being an Amish person seems restful.
1: No. And then you have to sleep on a, a mattress stuffed with hay and stuff. It's I mean, you're, you've yeah. got back problems. You're working all day. No right. wonder the the romantic fantasies, you know, are so important in their community.
3: Yeah, but they're only they're only making you ninety nine cents per novel. So it's you have to write a lot of these books to turn yeah. any sort of profit. I mean, that's kind of the problem when books
5: go on sale. <laughs> you go, well, <laughs> there's my life's work. You, but, for I don't think many of your books are
3: going for less than a dollar. Annie. I Ooh, think you can, we may have like, some
5: ninety nine centers out there at certain at good times of the year.
3: Oh well, Christmas but is coming. I hope so. Yeah, I know <laughs> stocking stuffers for the when rest can the we family. get some
5: Amish fiction writers on the show, Cameron? That's what we need. Let's get a let's get a panel of Amish yeah. fiction authors
1: uh, we, to come. W- you, we have you, you <laughs> are.
2: Uh, I'm Amish. enough, I'm panel The enough. woman okay. who brought it
3: back from the brink.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Scottish Amish. I'm sorry, you guys, I know you guys have been talking about some interesting stuff, but this is literally okay. my new year's resolution is <gasps> to spend all, just 2019 just reading these books.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't make promises you're not going to keep.
6: Stop using power. Yeah, you gotta yeah, you gotta
1: be in handmade britches and yeah. read by candlelight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Benjamin <laughs> Franklin.
2: I, I may lose my job over this. I may lose I, I may lose a lot because of the commitment that I'm gonna make to burn through these books. i you feel know, I like... have
5: had a dream of launching a relevant podcast book club and I think this is it.
3: Oh, oh I mean, yeah. it's a very easy one to get on board with. How does that, that even make sense? We just tell everybody which
5: Amish fiction novel to read.
2: We and all read
5: it. it. And we tell Locked them an tweet. end date. And then we say, everybody has to have this read by February 1st. And then we talk about it. And then we but bring in a caller.
2: It, you got to pre-read the book because I don't know how... Um, I don't know how to ask this delicately. Cameron, do you know what I'm trying to ask here about no, these books? I don't. How uh intimate
4: duty. oh no oh, no. <laughs> oh no. No, no, no hold up hey, I don't I want to say title, it's and a i of the title it's 100 days bonnet.
1: to passion They're That's christian very... romance novels yeah they're
5: they're amish fiction the ones i have read in my younger days were rated as g as g could be
3: you were talking okay. some light hand-holding. Yeah, I was about to bed. say. That's hey, like, yeah. a big <laughs> like a
5: Hallmark movie where they kiss one time at, at one hour and 57 minutes of a two-hour movie. That's about if, what you're working with.
3: If they kiss in these not I will be shot. I will I will, I will I will pay you back. I will refund your purchase of these. <laughs> because the you end.
5: didn't get the kissing
3: that you wanted.
1: <laughs> she, has, she has an Amish secret. Of course there was kissing. She was, oh, right.
3: Yeah. She, well, she was
1: this pregnant. Yeah.
3: I think it may come out. I think the book picks up well after the kissing. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> when she's remorseful
1: for the
2: kiss that led
3: to the secret. Yeah. Got, this, it, got, no, it, got it, got it, got it. It was this was written by a gentlewoman. She's not. Yes. Here to, she's not here to divulge <laughs> I saw brother, anybody. I saw
2: Joseph hoisting up the barn. I was Oh
5: boy! No, to... <laughs> <laughs> oh no, nope, nope, we can't do this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! What is hoisting up the barn? Is that an oh, that Amish term? barn door or
2: something? <laughs> yeah, they have a barn raising. Yeah, they get together yeah. and raise oh, the, yeah. the barn. Oh yeah! Also, there's about. not a
5: single person who's ever been to a barn raising that called it a barn <laughs> raising. Come on, be better what than they, that.
2: What do they call it in your home?
5: A raisin There's no g.
3: Probably. Is that what they're going to call it in your in your uh, yeah, Scottish Yes, the only thing
5: I know is it's outlined in my novel,
3: The Barn, raisin. barn <laughs> raisin. You have oh. to get a lot of bars in there to oh. <laughs> <laughs> really make sure, really really go over the top. Jesse Carey, we have yeah. gone
2: off the
4: rails.
2: <laughs> this is a Jesse Carey show. Just 25 minutes on the minutiae of the weirdness of the world.
3: Oh my gosh. There you go.
1: All right. Well, moving the show along, it is time for Slices.
3: Slices. All right, what do you have, Tyler? Okay, so this is, this is I'll be interested to hear everybody's takes on this. A Chinese researcher claims, and note that this has not been independently verified yet, but a Chinese researcher claims that he has helped make the world's first genetically edited babies. Um, two twin girls in China whose DNA he said he altered in utero to help make them resist possible future infection with the AIDS virus. What? Why yeah. Why did he pick that? I mean, again,
5: yeah. what did you Google to get you to such a thing as this? Okay, keep this going. Is,
3: I'm just, I'm, I'm dialed in. Uh, he revealed <laughs> on Monday. Uh, <laughs> researcher He Jiankyu, uh said that in Hong Kong, you kind that, of brushed uh, right, right over that uh, pronunciation. Yeah, yeah,
2: well done. I just slid through.
3: Slid <laughs> right through. there. Um according to the AP, if true it'd be a profound leap of science and ethics. This kind of work is actually banned in the United States because DNA changes can pass to future generations and obviously risks harming other genes in ways that we can't predict or or know about right now. And in fact, some mainstream scientists have denounced the report as human experimentation. But uh, uh yeah. like this is probably like the direction that we're headed. Like Yeah, it is. Today you're starting with like just like making a little alteration to help make them more re- resistant to diseases, um, but then like obviously the the like next phase is like, well I want or a, I yeah. want like a blonde kid or I want designer please or yeah.
1: Designer babies is inevitable. I mean, because you know, it, like you said, it'll start with designer "quote unquote" ethical, babies. ethical decisions of like giving them, you know, like we have a history of cancer in my family, so we can alter the DNA so that my child yeah. won't get cancer. That's where it starts, and then it's like, well, I want strong, and I want the this gene, and I want tall, and then I, yeah, designer babies. It's inevitable, man. It's like I
5: mean, Nephilim, right? And that, whether in the Bible, the. Angel, Yeah, half angel, angel half human.
3: I wonder if it's so the ethics are so hard to parse here because I, I can understand you wanting your kid to not have heart disease. Like you're my like my grandpa passed away young of heart disease. So did his dad before him. I don't want to pass that gene on to my kids. So if you can go in and snip it out, that's that. It doesn't seem right. like that big of a deal, but obviously the ethics get very, very murky very quickly and are probably murky even in the situation of when you prevent diseases that, yeah, that I mean, opens up lots of
1: questions about privilege. I mean, there's, there's a circle of life component here that if we keep mm-hmm. elongating human life, like, you know, there's, you know, there's seasons for a reason. There's, there's a rhythm to it. Their li- lives end after a while for a reason. And if we keep genetically altering things to kind of have eternal life on earth, um, It's a slippery slope, you know, Mm -hmm. but I,
2: but I don't quite understand why, because haven't we already done that since penicillin was created and then heart surgery and then basically every other thing we have done to improve the life of humans. Like, I'm not saying I agree with what I'm saying, but it is sort of like, (laughs) but, but it does kind of strike me as isn't this the next step in doing what we've always been doing, which is trying to harness science to improve humanity. And, ha- and, and isn't there an argument to be made that that science is, could be given to us by God? It's not like we were so smart that we created it. Like, this is the next chapter of what we're able hey, to do.
5: That's a very interesting take, Eddie. I'm not being sarcastic. That's very interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. It just can't. I, but it can't be right that we're altering humans before they exist. Right? I- I, I mean, they exist. Well, I'm not doing the I mean, a God. baby, a baby
2: conversation. Every, I, everything inside me agrees with you, except for then I can just easily put it on a continuum of logic that I'm completely fine with.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh-huh. I, you're making a valid I know, ethical I think it's interesting. point. I, I just, at what point are we playing God? I mean, is having heart surgery playing God? You know, it's like mm. natural Natural selection would say that you have a weak heart; you should have died. And then we fix it. I mean, you're right. Are we playing God by trying to prolong human life and well-being? You're right. It's a strange. We've conundrum. been
2: comfortable with playing God in some different ways for a long time, and we've rationalized those because we we progress and we move forward. But I, I guess I guess everything is I on mean, a I continuum, mean, right? There's I, a there's a this has gone too far. Kind I mean, of. Oh,
1: I mean, Eddie, I mean, uh, artificial insemination is a common. And 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 applauded practice. But it's like, biologically, these two people couldn't conceive. So then we play God, do it in a dish. And then, you know, I, I it's a tough moral question that we're asking now. I mean, because you're right. I mean, there is no difference in artificial insemination and maybe genetic DNA manipulation of an embryo,
6: maybe. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Well, vaccinations, <laughs> I mean, that's designed to make you resistant to sickness. So it's essentially just like a more like, Scientific it's an in vitro
5: vaccination.
6: Uh, it, 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 vaccinations in <laughs> my mind are,
1: are just a planned exposure to a naturally occurring virus yeah, to yeah. build up. But if we're talking
6: about genetic alteration for the same purpose to avoid sickness, when yeah. you, You're you know what I mean? Wrong. Like what's the You're difference? not wrong.
1: Not, yeah. Don't use
6: medication. In, in, in terms or to, of, you know yeah. what I mean? Like uh, just the put the picture. resistance
1: into the DNA strand right, right. versus injecting it later. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. That's fascinating. Well, I mean, where's the line? I guess. Do you remember? I mean, back. I don't know, Tyler, if you were on with us then, but in our, in our, what was it? It was 2010. It was our 50th issue or something like that, and. um, Maybe it's our tenth anniversary. I don't know. Somewhere we looked. We looked ahead ten years, uh, like kind of the world of twenty twenty, and we talked to like bioethicists and Christian thinkers and futurists and stuff. And they talked a lot of. it. And we talk about it on the show all the time. I mean, it was really challenging to think about the 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 that things are progressing so rapidly. Christians aren't thinking about massive ethical conundrums that we will be faced with shortly. This is one of them, you know, like, yeah. and this is back in 2010, they were genetically manipulating, you know, livestock, you know, as experimentation and stuff like that. And and the the slippery slope is obviously human to go to human manipulation. Like we're talking about now, but they were also talking about 3d printing and bio 3d printing. And we've talked about that on this show where it's like you can print biological flesh, with a 3D printer so it's like you can I've seen print, that
5: on Gray's Anatomy just so Yeah, you can print knows.
1: somebody a new ear, you can print somebody a, a an arm a that they might heart. have lost or beating heart and and it's like okay, at what point if we keep replacing and improving all of these body parts and prolonging life, I mean, what happens, I mean, are we 50% you know, artificially made biological material? At what Mm -hmm. point are we not human anymore? You know, like, and and that's what the bioethicists are talking about is like, what is the definition of humanity and the soul in all of this? You know?
2: And I hear, I get all of that. I I also just have to ask myself, are we even able to outrun God when it comes to our own ability to do these kinds of things? And everything in me says like, no, this is not, God would not be, I, I don't think God is shocked by the nature of things that we try to do as a species. Like it, it all feels like this is all might be very small compared to the actual uh, just miracle of existence. Does, does mm-hmm. that does that make sense? I, I, but I think
3: I think there is you could look at the Bible for examples of God. I, I think of like the Tower of Babel and God intentionally confusing people's languages because something very small that we would not consider to be that big of a deal. Uh, was resulting in in uh, changes to the course of human destiny that God didn't think was right for uh, for humanity to take. And I, the lesson I take from that is that while all of this does exist along a continuum, like you said, all these medical improvements, scientific improvements to us to exist on a continuum, that there are se- severe ethical and spiritual repercussions to these things. I yeah. think of like the Tower of Babel where God intentionally... Uh, confused human progress uh, because things were the 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 fate of humanity was going in a direction that God didn't think was good for for humans to achieve. So he so we were confused. And so I do think that yes, scientific progress exists on a uh, uh, on a continuum. And there's I think penicillin is in the same line as what we're talking about now. But uh, what but there there is a line I, I think biblically, yeah. and I don't know where that line is necessarily. Yeah, that's what I want you
5: to say is, if you think it exists, where is it?
3: I don't, I don't know. And I think it's true that I, I don't mean to pass the buck here, but there are people who study these things. There are ethicists who, who think about stuff like this. And I don't know how many ethicists are being paid a lot of money by these huge scientific corporations to say, that's not a direction you should go in right now. Uh, that seems a little bit unlikely to me. And I think there should be, because I think that there are people who study morality and, uh, and bioethics. And uh, and who have thought about these things a lot more than I have, and are a lot smarter than me, and should be weighing in here. But that's. But until I, I don't we get them, happening,
1: just keep going. Yeah, well, this is be this would be where we hit the ask science mic button, but uh, unfortunately, Jesse is the holder of the button, so uh,
5: <laughs> <laughs> we have got to get that button from him while he's on vacation.
1: Yeah. My thing is just the 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 line keeps moving, and and you're right. right. Like mm-hmm. we need to yeah. find like where does the line stop moving? We're just inching it, inching it, and you're right from the medieval days till now, the line keeps progressing. But like, at what point are we playing God and it's not right. okay? And I don't, because I, some uh, of
5: the line is good. We've gotten yeah. healthier and we've right. discovered things and we're able to save lives that are, that matter <laughs> and we need to, yeah. but, but at some point the line gets to a place where, like you said, Cameron, we are playing God and we are actually controlling versus helping. And we've yeah. got to, I mean, let's get, let's go there. Counselor Eddie, (laughs) controlling and helping.
2: But I feel like what I hear in all this and what I feel like I see in the dialogue over and over again is we have collectively hit a brick wall with this conversation of the genetically, like the, the genetically changing of human beings. There's something that we are collectively not in agreement over. And, and we progress or we never hurdle this together. Right. But while we are kind of running into this wall together and having these kinds of conversations, it's probably wise to err on the side of just not going for it yet. And our on an all agreement, because we also look back in history and we see like the role of, the, the, the role and view of women, even just in the Bible, being very different than it is now. So it's like obvious that humanity progresses. We have a progressive hermeneutic out of scripture. And this can be one of those kinds of things, right? Like we don't have to, we can just sit in not having the answer, knowing that maybe at some point we will. Or it's just never like maybe God designed the stopgap for us where we can never mm. just ever we can never hurt all the, interesting. the So Maybe people. there's
5: a, maybe as long as we're discovering, we're discovering what God intends for us to discover. Is that what you're saying? And that at some point there will be what we can't discover is our line.
2: Right. Like, do we ever really know if they're aliens it's one of those kinds if that's a very silly one, but that's just one of those like maybe we just will never discover that because I right. just never intended it. It was never addressed in scripture. We'll just actually never know yeah. if there are there are aliens. If we And and so we hit this wall and I don't think that God is surprised by the wall, but I think we also have actually really bumped up against something that is worth at least pausing over until we're in a a collective agreement and maybe we will be in collective agreement and we'll look back a hundred years from now and this will look like penicillin. Like, of course my kids aren't, you know, aren't going to have AIDS because that was just, that was old timey that that was even a possibility. Right. But maybe not.
3: Man. And I think until we know, like, I think it sounds like part of the problem in this particular instance Is that there's a lot of unforeseen we we've there's been a lack of research and experimentation over doing things like this or attempting things like this because we we don't know what's going to happen to these kids we don't know how keeping somebody could from getting AIDS which could be a very noble thing to do Mm -hmm. uh, could affect them down the line And, and I also think this opens up a lot of important questions about like. Well then, who gets to determine what their babies are gonna, lives are going to be like, and who right. doesn't? Is this right. going to be something that is this is this only those who can afford it? Uh, and these are questions that that uh, I don't think many people are are asking. Which isn't to say that it doesn't disprove any of your points, Eddie. Uh, I don't think it, it just means All that there's them. unintended consequences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was the longest first slice. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I feel like <laughs> to the bottom of that.
3: Yeah. Luckily, <laughs> yeah. we solved it, Eddie.
5: I'm forever going to be thinking about. If the line is where we can no longer discover, that is, that is thought provoking, like an Amish novel.
4: <laughs>
2: Speaking of which, I would like to yield my slice time to. Oh no! No, no. keep going, Cameron. Okay, no, nope. no, no, no! I'm saying, oh no! no. no I know I where forgot. you're going. Cameron's leading. You lead the show. Sorry, I'll be no, quiet okay, now. Wait,
1: all right, here we go. What do you have, Eddie?
2: <laughs> A reading from Lily's longing. No, no, no. Lily's longing an Amish romance. Channel my music, longing? Gabriel almost chuckled as he walked away from the bakery. It was a nice feeling to be fought over by two such pretty girls, such as Daisy and Iris, even though he knew he hadn't encouraged it. A small twinge of something like guilt threatened, but he ignored it. He was innocent. He used to be humbler, back in his younger days when he was all arms and legs, gangly and pimply. But after he turned 17, he'd filled out, and his skin had cleared Mm. up. Hmm. Suddenly, girls
4: that had never (laughs) (laughs) suddenly
2: (laughs) suddenly I gotta get back into character suddenly (laughs) girls that had never paid him any attention were going out of their way to talk to him Mm. and bat their eyelashes at him it hadn't taken him too long to figure out that they were attracted to him for his newfound good looks a reading from Lily's longing an Amish romance that's my Lily's longing that
5: would make that uh, it i that would make a matter
2: what won. i didn't read in the next paragraph would it would overwhelm you like none of <laughs> nobody could handle how hot it was about to get so. i
3: want to know you have to read it now yeah yeah are you serious after, tease, after a tease like that I'm a, <laughs> i don't change mean, no. really the really it. star um <laughs>
2: So, however, instead of repelling them, he encouraged their attention and then walked off, leaving them to gawk after him. <laughs> See, he's asking for it. He knows what he's doing to Lily. And Lily back. knows, too. But it, it's, a, it's a love that can't be spoken. <laughs> also, I'd like to thank uh, Chandler for putting in that perfect music behind it. Um,
4: I, I
1: feel like I'm in the uh, frontier land at Disney World.
2: I think that's what this is. This is just like... Christian cosplay, weird frontier, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, like, this yeah. is yeah. just a hundred percent. Chandler, you know about all this, <laughs> 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 you're super into all that stuff. Eddie, I don't think area.
1: it's cosplay. I mean, if you, like we went, uh, Jesse and Adam Smith and I drove up to the creation museum in, oh, yeah, in Kentucky, and uh, yes. it was full of like g- groups of people in like Amish clothes, like visit you know, like school groups or something, you know, like.
6: Yeah, I but, think this is but just a world. They were Amish people.
1: And I don't think they were a <laughs> or they were like Mennonite or something. You know, like like yeah, just very well,
6: traditional.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't think this read. is being consumed by the Amish population. I think everybody but the Amish is pretty into this.
5: Yeah, Maybe I would imagine everybody. the Amish are not reading this.
1: Why?
2: Because it's they sold can at airports. It,
4: but but they
1: they can read printed words. That's not too much tech, right?
3: It depends on the
2: Amish person. <laughs> I don't think you believe even what you're saying. I think you know <laughs> that there, are, that the majority of the readers of this are just really in the depths of repression. It's like there is just a certain repression in their soul that brings them. What to is Gabriel. It, what is
1: romantic about like the prairie, you know? And why is it a whole S- genre specifically around Christian about books?
3: The prairie. It, you it's know, I simpler. didn't. I didn't know myself. I, I had no idea until. Eddie's voice really worked a number on me <laughs> over here, <laughs> and I was surprised to feel the emotions that I felt during that little reading. There. I just
1: I get it as a series. I get it as a, a, a book, but as a genre. It's just yeah. so s- singular. It is Christian Amish romance novels, and there are hundreds of them. Yeah, it's
4: and
5: they're amazing. all super clean. So and they're I'm a little surprised like,
3: Pure Flix hasn't uh, gotten into this yeah, market like so. you know so.
5: is. You know, there's a whole like their number yeah. one series is one of these. It's called When Calls the Heart." It's amazing.
3: It's amazing. I, it.
5: I like it. Is it Christian
1: the, or just Amish?
5: Uh, it is. It is frontier. Okay. It is set in Canada in the 1800s. And it's Mounties. It's Mounties. So it's
2: not Amish. It's as she set herself, preparing the dough for her soft molasses cookies.
4: Oh, that's so soft. She sent up a
2: prayer for wisdom and patience, both for herself
4: and her sisters.
2: Both the baking and the prayer never failed to soothe her. She'd gotten into the practice of praying. <laughs> but what's her
1: longing? When do While we find she baked, out what the longing long is? Is it the longing for the strapping young man?
2: hair got she murmured as she molded the dough into balls and plopped them on the cookie sheet we show them oh, that wow. they need to be allies not competitors give them love in their hearts not rivalry
4: <laughs> <laughs> a reading from
2: amish romance lily's longing oh my
4: gosh
2: was <laughs> unbelievable oh it's my
5: unbelievable.
2: A yeah. lot of people ask me what the next podcast venture will be. It will just be reading these books into a <laughs> microphone. Right. That is the whole... You're, it's just going to be the audio of these I, I right. think...
1: Yeah, I think... Don't those exist? I mean, audible.com, right? Yeah, I audible. Mean, yeah.
2: But not with this certain panache that I think I bring to it. Taking right. even... Taking the most innocent of statements and making them... Just really questionable. Like, yeah, just,
6: uh, you did. You kind of did. Just, yeah. Your
3: audio interpretation of what's happening on the thing took me it took me to a place I don't think the author intended. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, yeah. You
4: have left the author's intention for sure.
5: If so you want to talk about the scale, the sliding scale of nature, you've ruined it.
4: Yeah. What yeah. yeah, yeah, you just Eddie, did, to that I think Eddie
3: is well over the line of scientific progress in terms yes. of audio reading. About it. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Eddie reading great. about the
1: soft dough balls. I'm done. Oh. We're done. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> there will be another reading before the end of the show we've got stuff to do
1: though. i'm sure all right well, what do you have annie
5: well listen as y'all know this week is our live show tyler that was my be- slice
2: i've never been so proud that really was my slice that's it <laughs> <laughs> it won't get any better keep going sorry annie <laughs> <laughs> we're a live show um
5: tyler and i will both be flying to orlando And in uh, there, I found this to be fascinating because I fly a lot. So I go through a lot of security lines. And last week in the Atlanta airport, an 11 year old boy got through security, got all the way to an airplane and got on an airplane before anyone realized he had no ticket. And he had and he was just pretending to be in the family he was with. And got all the way on the airplane. Does that blow y'all's mind at this point? That a yeah, that's kid could
3: figure out how he
5: even got interviewed by a TSA agent, which this is terrible. But the T, somehow the TSA, the guy said, oh, that's my family up there or somehow convinced the TSA agent that the 11 year old kid that he was an 11 year old kid with that family. And he got all the way through to the airplane.
3: So this wasn't a Home Alone situation where the kid accidentally wanders on to the wrong airplane. No, no, no. This kid he took had a bus mission. to the airport. This was a saboteur.
5: Yeah, he's brilliant. I, I'm just
2: amazed. Like, I didn't know of places when I was a kid. I, I kind of like the farthest place for me was Disney. And it was two hours from where I grew up. I couldn't imagine. I, I just am amazed that the kid has a sense of like, you know. I got to, I got to get, I got to get out to LA. Got to get And, out of and also
1: gonna, knew the inner workings of an airport to know how to kind of work the system. <laughs> yeah, to get through. That's a great right? point. I actually S- buried sidle the lead up, there. sidle up to a family,
6: get to the, you know, like yeah. he, were they running away? Like, did they run away from home? or something? No, there's like, no, so the on?
5: interesting thing is that the articles, the two I read don't, don't have a reason behind the kid. It's just that he's back safely with his family. Hmm. And so he didn't, he didn't ever get interviewed about why he did it or why he was at the airport. But I just like to think that like, there's a point in my, my life. I mean, when I was, you know, when we were little, you could go all the way to the gate with people. And one of my favorite things yeah. used to be reading where everyone else was flying. So to yeah, me, sure. it's just kind of like, let's go to the airport. Let me. I'm going to hop a bus to the airport, and I'm just going to go read where everyone's flying, and I'm going to pick one because you wouldn't. I mean, it's like this is what happens when you let people play. Where in the world is Carmen, San Diego? Because then I knew Lima, Peru.
7: Yeah, I would have known true. Lima,
5: Peru if I wouldn't have landed true. there on accident repeatedly on. Carmen Diego and missed my missed winning the game.
3: I don't know if you need a reason when you're a kid to run away from home to like stage some sort of, you know, it's kind of like George Mallory when he submitted Everest. He just said he wanted to do it because it was there. I think that's probably what the kids getting at here and right. here, here running away. in the, But I'm shocked that he pulled it off. Right. You know. It and has a home alone feel to it, pretty, doesn't it? Well, it's like, how did you slick. set
5: up that entire party full of stand up characters? Right? I like think, that's how I've I always think
3: he had about An home. inside man. I think someone on the TSA. <sighs> I think he had wrangled somebody over to us. I don't think you could do this. Is not a one person job.
1: No, I disagree. I like the crush of people waiting there. Like he just sidles up to a family. Dad walks up, hands five tickets yeah. to the TSA guy. All the kids are in tow. He just glances over at him. Yeah, the numbers don't add up, but I mean, if he walks off with that family, and same getting on the plane. Right. But the kid had to have known he had to maneuver it that way. That's the crazy thing. It's a very sophisticated plan.
3: Well, I'm I pretty he impressive. Passed. When yeah. did he get busted?
1: Like when, on he the plane, when he was getting onto the plane,
5: seat. he um. When he was getting onto the plane, they asked to see his ticket and he just kept pretending to be with the same family. (laughs) And finally, they were like, show us your ticket. And the family, apparently the family hadn't realized until they were getting on the plane that this kid was pretending to be part of them. And he turns around they turn around and say, this kid in with us. And they pulled him off the plane. He got all the way on the plane.
1: Hmm. What, are, what are they doing like walking up and down the aisles on the plane asking for your tickets like it's an old train they don't do I, right? that i
5: don't know maybe maybe they were like okay this plane should have 55 yeah. passengers Ooh, we had 56 yeah. get on right
6: <laughs> yeah i guess that's true if it's a fully loaded like sitting in a sitting in a seat and someone walks up and I'm, that's my seat then they're like let true. me see your ticket yeah that's true. Yeah. right
1: all right well there you go That was the strangest slices uh, segment ever. Genetic <laughs> and manipulation. We didn't even Jesse. Amish we'll, reading. We, we did it without Jesse. And a kids running We super weird without
5: him.
2: We there can destroy the show all by ourselves. <laughs> <Yep>.
1: <laughs> Stay tuned. Up next, Lauren Daigle joins us. 2, Victor, with an exclamation point. The song is You Got Mine. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Fly Felix with Beautiful Animal. Well, last month, Lauren Daigle released one of our favorite albums of the year, Look Up Child. Not Look Up Chandler, Look Up Child. Uh, the album saw unprecedented success for a worship project. And, is, and since its release, uh, Lauren has appeared on shows like Ellen, The Tonight Show, Rolling Stone Magazine, Relevant... You know, just just putting us in there. When we spoke to Lauren about the album, uh, the story was so compelling, we made it the cover story of our most recent issue. And now we're excited to have the opportunity to share a piece of that interview with you. Here is part of our conversation with Lauren Nagel.
0: Listening to this, there were there were parts where, um, honestly, like I I kind of forgot it was a worship record. But I mean that in a really, like I mean that as a as a compliment because there there are parts yeah. where it um, it just didn't sound like worship I had heard. It honestly sounds I think super different than your your last record and is um, it just has like it's it feels so much more distinct um, and some a lot of the stuff wow. felt like things i wouldn't hear in a church or in like a traditional worship setting so was it was that i guess my question would would start there was like was that something um that you were being intentional about like what what kind of was going into this that um were you trying to differentiate i guess from the stuff you were doing in 2015
7: yeah well it really came from a place of I was thinking about the live setting a lot, you know. When I wrote the first record, I had never toured before. I didn't know anything about that. And when you get used to singing a certain way every single night or performing a song a certain way every single night, um, you kind of learn what you love and what you don't love. And so I remember being on stage and just feeling like, oh, I just... There's the message I love, but I... Don't know if the delivery is necessarily what I want to do for forever, you know? Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, just learning the things about your art that you enjoy and then the things that you want to change or want to embark upon in a different way. So, for me, it was the live setting. I wanted a band that, like, kind of felt like that calm. I'm from Louisiana. And, you know, you go and into any music place in Louisiana and it is alive. Like, huh. it is alive. And so, you know, you sit on the street corner in New Orleans and there's a, a trombone player playing something funky and then like a, uh, the saxophone leans in and says, oh yeah, let me tell you what I think about that. And then the drummer's like, well, let me set both of you straight. And there's just this <laughs> communication and this energy and it's so much fun. And so, we studied a lot of the old greats like Andrea Crouch and um, Lauren Hill and Aretha Franklin and who passed today, which is so sad. Yeah. And um, Roberta Flack and just some of these people that could steal a moment with simplicity. They, You know, sitting at a piano um, and just singing, like it was profound, but also put like a bunch of energy and background vocalists and like great groove and soul elements behind them, and they soar in that space as well. So that was the intentionality um, behind the sound of the record. I told my producers, "I want to sweat when I get off stage. <laughs> I want to." I just felt like like only part of me was being delivered in my art, and there's this whole other side, this Louisiana soul element that that communication between the instruments and um, the vocalist that I was really missing.
0: cool so but I, I, I kind of want to nail that down a little more that's super interesting what 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 parts of you do you think come out in this one that maybe haven't come out in the past
7: um, I think we took a little like more artistic liberties um, that I was really excited about like it's not necessarily that we You know set out to run away from how can it be or anything like that it was really genuinely just the place that i was in and um i missed i missed kind of the louisiana like when i was home i was in multiple bands and um like worship one worship band that i would lead worship every sunday and then kind of like a soul funk band as well that i would sing out on the weekends and I just missed the essence of that energy um, in the sound as well. So we took some artistic liberties and we recorded, first of all, we recorded with an orchestra, which was super profound. Like,
4: yeah.
7: I've never had that experience at all. Be- but the reason why was because, you know, in Louisiana, if you have an instrument, you're communicating. It's not tracks that are, are driving everything. Yeah. So... I really wanted to be sensitive and not make this record track heavy, but make it really more instrument heavy, Um, like in real time, raw time. And that's what, that's what you'll hear on the record is like actual strings, actual live orchestra, and um, piano players, and you know, we have a horn player. We did some trombone, trumpet stuff on there, and yeah the soft instruments that are really special with every step that i take you are before and behind me in every fear that i face oh i'm constantly finding you are my cure
0: i'm saying i'm saying that's cool i and I feel like when you're listening, it kind of creates this uh, everybody in the same room feeling where I think some records you can tell like everything was kind of recorded in, in bits and chunks and separate and then all mixed together. And whether it actually happened that way on this record or not, I, I mean, I think it all sounds harmonious and of a piece and interactive and responsive in a cool way. And, and I'm, and I'm wondering, uh, lyrically does that pull out different themes and subjects? Does your, when you, when you know that this is going to be the backdrop of the words, does your mind go to different places?
7: Um, I, it's kind of funny because the words come, you know, with just a piano, and then as you, we, we actually made, because I wanted it to be super timeless, like what you're talking about, recorded all in the same room. I like really wanted us uh, to go as timeless with all of this as possible, where in 20 years, people could still say, oh, this is relevant. Um, and 20 years ago, it could have been relevant, you know? And so, we decided to write um, an entire record, just piano vocal um, with the lyrics and stuff, but, and send that in to the label instead of a demo with like this beefed up track because we wanted all the production elements to supplement the integrity of the song. So I say that background to say, we had to make sure that the lyrical depth um, was potent and that it wasn't covered just by instrumentation. But that it actually had um, height and width and expansion, and that there was emotion and vulnerability that you know was captivated. But we tried our best to keep everything just like a prayer, like what I would be saying to God if I was just sitting in my room, you know. Yeah. And um, that way, like a lot of times, I think with music is for people that don't write music, but really have an expression that they want to give out the thing that to me that's the most pure is just giving them a prayer to sing like words in their mouth that they knew were there but they just didn't know how to access and so that's what it is for me that's what songwriting is for me and that's kind of how the lyrics connected to the sound
1: to go check out her new album Look Up Child and be sure to read the cover story with her. Uh, you can check it out at relevantmagazine.com or you can pick up the new issue at newsstands nationwide. Go check it out. sing to she and him songs rocking around the christmas tree oh remember when zoe dashanelle wasn't just an actress a new girl and elf but she actually sang songs i miss those days Okay, we're bringing it back. Uh, you guys asked for it, and it is back. Our listener of the week. You
6: listen to the show, and it's time to get to know you. It's a listener of Feels the week.
1: This Feels week, is great. we have we have been scouring you guys' nominations where you nominate yourself. Basically, um, you hit us up on Twitter with some interesting facts about yourself, and we choose one of you to come and join us on the show. This week, our listener of the week comeback edition is Todd Stanley. Welcome to the show todd
8: hey thanks guys
1: uh where are you calling us from
8: i am calling from indiana pennsylvania which is not wait, confusing at which all which one <laughs> todd you know yeah. i've been there i know how are you annie I'm oh, great.
2: wait hi hi todd this is eddie i used to be on the show i have a question <laughs> Now <laughs> you've been to, to you knew that annie had been to indiana pennsylvania
8: yeah she's been to my church
2: yeah see
1: Ooh, oh times. wow so that's yeah. a real statement wow there yeah. you go
5: I'm there. And Todd, the part I knew it was you because in your thing, you said from the hometown of Jimmy Stewart. And do you guys know show guys, every crosswalk when it tells you to walk is not the normal voice. It is Jimmy Stewart's voice on all the crosswalks.
8: It
1: is, is it actually his voice or is it like an impersonator doing, or oh, you can walk now?
8: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Uh, I, I'm not <laughs> sure. I mean, I think that they, uh, they cobbled together the phrase so that it. So I think it's actually his voice, but right. I don't know that he ever said, "You know, the Seventh Street Walk sign is on to cross North Philadelphia Street." I, I don't <laughs> sure. know he ever actually said that. But
2: it, things are crazy over there in Kentucky, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um,
1: okay, so your interesting facts. Uh, first one: uh, I once played cowboy poker in a rodeo. Cowboy poker in a rodeo. Yeah. What is that? Because Annie is a cowgirl extraordinaire, so right? she probably knows. But please tell she us what cowboy yeah. poker. And I'm a an notorious rodeo.
3: card shark, so
1: I
8: know yeah. what poker is. <laughs> so, but I don't know if the two are together. <laughs> so um, basically, it's uh, they they set a bunch of guys around a card table in the middle of the rodeo arena, and then they let a bull out, and the last guy sitting at the table wins. Oh, and so. Yeah, so I was uh, trying to impress a girl. Well, I'm, I'm married to her now, so I, I guess it worked. I guess it worked. But, well done. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're at this rodeo, which is not really my thing, but we were with some friends and we were at the rodeo, and they say, you know, they want volunteers for this thing, and you can win some money. And so I go, and you know, I'm dressed in my normal attire, which is like Chuck Taylors and a rock tee, and. So this cowboy looks me up and down and says, uh, do you know what we're doing? <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I think I've seen this before. It's cool. So they give me a flak jacket and a helmet. And at this point I'm thinking, okay, maybe I shouldn't have signed up for this. Um, a helmet a in- the- <laughs> yeah. When anybody hands you a
2: helmet after looking at you kind of questioningly, I'd say you're guaranteed Be in out. the wrong spot. Yeah. Saying- oh, wait a minute, a
3: flak jacket? Are these bulls
8: armed? Uh, 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 (laughs) well you know just the the horns i suppose Um, yes so they set us at this table and it's me and three other cowboy extraordinaires and um the rodeo clown or bullfighter whatever comes up to us and says all right they're gonna let the bull out and um don't get hurt That was essentially the instructions that we received. And so I'm sitting at this table and I drew the short straw, by the way. So my back is to the gate where they let the bulls out. Oh Uh, my. uh, Yeah. And so they opened the gate and let this bull out. uh, And it just kind of runs around us. It doesn't do much. Like it actually, it butts the guy next to me, but he doesn't move. He just lets it hit him, which was strange. And so, Uh -uh. uh, so then they, that bull wasn't very great. So they, run it out of the arena. And then you hear the announcer go, all right, we're going to, it's time to bring in the A team. And (sighs) the, the clown comes over to the table again and says, all right, when this bull comes out, uh, he's going to come straight at this table. He's not going to slow down and he will hurt you. So get out of the way. So at this point, my heart is like pounding out of my chest and I'm going, what did I sign up for? Um, and so I hear this, I hear the gate open and I can hear this thing just barreling down at my back. Right. I mean, I can, and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I'm trying to, you know, be brave and cool. Cause you know, she's watching me and, um, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the guy across the table from me and his eyes are getting bigger and bigger like saucers. Oh my gosh. And your back is to the bull the whole time. My back is to the bull, and I'm trying to oh, kind Todd. of sneak a peek over my shoulder, but I can't really see what's coming. And I waited just as long as I thought I could possibly wait. And I take a step to my left. And when I do, the chair that I'm sitting in comes out from under me and goes about 25 feet up into the air. And at that point, I'm running faster than I think I've ever ran in my entire life. And uh, jumped the fence out of the arena. And uh, don't know really how close the bull got to me. But when I went back to my seat, uh, the people who were sitting behind me asked if I actually got hit. Because it was that close, oh and so uh, it was pretty crazy. And I don't think I would ever do it again, but it makes for a, a fun story. And you got yeah. the girl. And I got the girl. Yeah, which is you know that's the whole thing.
3: <laughs> if you had known, <laughs> if you had known what you were volunteering for, would
8: you have still done it? Uh, probably so. I, I like to do wow. those kind of things once in a while. Uh, uh clearly because one of the other
1: facts is I lost two teeth while leading worship. Oh, yeah.
8: How, how did that um, happen? I, I have a guess as to how this
2: happened, but yeah, I want to hear too. your story.
8: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not quite as exciting as you might think. Uh, there was no blood involved. Uh, I actually had two teeth that didn't grow in when I was a kid. Oh my god! And so after I had <laughs> braces, I had to wear this out. partial out. for a while. I'm
2: out. You have all baby <laughs> teeth, don't you? You're a grown,
4: <laughs> adult, normal
3: man, but you have nothing. You have nothing but baby teeth.
8: <laughs> not uh, as exciting as I think we're getting into body
3: horror here. This is
8: like <laughs> David Cronenberg. <laughs> so I had to wear this little like uh, partial like that had two teeth on it until I could
1: get my implants. Oh, gosh. Oh. Oh. And, uh, hey, Todd, you and, I, you and I are identical. I the exact same thing.
6: <gasps> yeah. What? Except so for yours is Good. four. Good, Good company. company. Oh, really? Cameron has Cameron? nothing but baby teeth? Uh. Cameron, you no, only I, have baby I teeth? also <laughs> was
1: missing two teeth uh, when the baby teeth fell out. There was nothing behind it and had implants until, or uh, a parcel until I got implants as an adult. Same thing.
8: What? Yeah. So, uh, so kind of, yeah. So I'm in between songs and I'm, I'm kind of talking to, I'd say a, a youth retreat. We're out in the middle of, the Oh world, yeah. But,
2: you got to uh, tune and talk. You got a lot of work yeah. to do. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you're doing, so, so, uh,
3: kind uh, of the breathy, uh, like prayer voice. Yeah. yeah you're, doing, drop, a, uh, pat, you're doing uh, drop. Uh, T, pad you're doing drop. Background.
2: Yeah. You're doing drop D tuning. You forgot your tuner. <laughs> so you're having to do it by ear, but yeah, uh, we got I, it. I
8: don't have a capo. Yeah, exactly. So,
2: you it's hard, man.
8: So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to talk to everybody and encourage everybody, you know, and, and I was raised Pentecostal, so I'm getting a little loud. Um oh, yes. and as I'm talking, my teeth fly out of <sighs> uh, my so my partial plate flies out of my mouth, and I can just I can see it in the air in front of me. Somehow I managed no. to catch it with my right hand and I just <gasps> shoved them back in my mouth and just kept going like nothing happened. But uh, of course, everyone yeah. else saw that it happened. And so, you know, you completely lose the room at that point. Everybody's just laughing. Oh, and, for sure. Uh,
1: if Annie had a nickel for every time that happened to her while she was speaking. You know, you
5: know that's yeah. right, Todd. Remember that time my teeth flew out at Summit Church?
8: <laughs> <Indiana> <laughs> <Middling>. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then everybody who didn't know that I had false teeth was like, I didn't know you huh. had false teeth. And, you know, you have to tell the story about 25 times later after the services over.
3: That's right. 26 now this podcast. You sound like
2: a you sound like a sweet person that's okay with telling that
3: story. It's just a kind <laughs> good man. <laughs> Okay, I right, would probably then, pass it off. Teeth <laughs> are You out of your mind? Teeth. Yeah. you're seeing things. You're, you're on drugs, man. <laughs> I'm I don't a know Professional. What
1: you're so we do three. We do three facts. He sent five. Uh, I'm going to skip over. I broke yeah. several federal laws at the Grand Canyon. Uh, we yeah, just yeah. can assume. We don't know. We don't know that. We don't
5: know that
1: And the last one is. Yeah. You do some pretty okay impressions, oh, so gosh. we we want to hear <laughs> what you got. Oh, Todd. Well,
8: uh, uh. I've heard Jimmy Stewart enough at the crosswalks; I can pull off a pretty decent Jimmy Stewart. All right, t- t- <laughs> tell us,
2: tell us now. Listen, sp- Todd, before we get into this, do you want honest feedback on
8: this, or you just want us to like laugh? Because
1: Eddie hurts this one guy's feelings, who yeah, thought Eddie he really was hurt. a good impression. I did. I
8: crushed a guy. <laughs> well. It, it, <laughs> and to be honest, that's where my pretty okay impressions thing came from. But we'll go for this anyway. But yeah, let's honest feedback is fine. This is probably going to be oh, awful. You are so sweet. I uh, can't
2: do it. <laughs> 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 it's just a good man. Good, respectable is, person. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's hear it, Jimmy Stewart.
8: All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is Jimmy Shore. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <dog laughs> <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> the he's taking off his
3: headphones, <laughs> <to put it laughs> his headphones. He took off his headphones. I <laughs> can't. I can't. I
8: couldn't.
2: I
5: cannot
4: hear these things.
5: Uh, uh, I, gosh, I liked just, it, Todd. Uh, I'm kind of with you. You've heard the uh, crosswalk enough times that you can just dial right in.
2: Oh, is somebody throwing bowling pins at my face? Just I cannot even. I can't even handle the pain. Sorry, it was probably really good. I couldn't handle it. All right, do you have another one?
8: no not really uh mrs doubtfire possibly mrs but, uh, doubtfire it's been a long time okay. so an impression oh, wow. of a character hey, Ty, not you, you don't to dance for us no no it's, just the character yeah, all right
3: no, no, not no. Robin. so you're doing an impression okay. of robin williams it's doing impression. Impression. Yeah, this yeah. Is be okay. it's an impression
6: inception of a british yeah. man, but it's a distinct exactly. voice like it's a very you know sp- sure. specific to that character sure. So. yeah sure i got uh, it all, all right mrs right doubtfire
8: all right, this is it. This is all I got. So <laughs>
4: <laughs> I can't
8: believe Dad, I'm doing this. Dad, um, just put on this helmet, buddy. It's
2: all going to be
4: fine. <laughs> <laughs> the bulls are right, right? back here, pal. <laughs> just put on the
1: helmet. <laughs> Sweet boy. I can't
8: even talk. Oh my god. Um Oh hello, dear. That's oh. about it.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: fine. That's fine. You did. You did more than was necessary for us. Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's probably,
8: yes. That's more than enough. It's I'm, sure. No, it's I'm sure. No, you welcome back it. the
5: segment with with real strength there.
8: Yeah, you did, Todd. You are a good man. <laughs> now, this
5: will make
3: more sense when you hear the full episode, but you you sound sort of like somebody who could end up in the uh, film adaptation of Annie's upcoming novel. <laughs> it's, a Scottish, it's a Scottish Amish book. It's a Scottish That's Amish right. romance novel.
4: <laughs> yeah.
5: I mean, they do have... Uh, Scott, uh, Todd, don't y'all have Amish people near you in Indiana, Pennsylvania?
8: We do. In fact, uh, all of the people from Breaking Amish... We're from uh, a nearby town, about like 20 <gasps> minutes away.
3: Mm-hmm. Really oh. for the
8: movies. So <laughs> if you were to
5: try to write an Amish novel, you'd be able to because you've seen the environment.
8: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. See, that's You're, who's writing these guys. A it's lot Todd. of
2: what we're talking about is going to make a lot more sense in a
8: second. I saw a buggy tied up at the gas station the other day. That was pretty Whoa. interesting. Like the horse was tied to the gas station sign. What's um, the point? I guess they're just. I don't know. I don't know a
3: lot about. I'm not a big car guy, but I don't think you need to fuel buggies. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
8: Horses,
4: (laughs) for that
1: matter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that car is just one horsepower.
2: Yeah. Oh, oh. I don't I don't know. Know. I Maybe they were getting using the car wash. Could you imagine just going? Oh my through gosh, it? just taking taking a
5: horse and a buggy through a car wash. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, just
2: actually that. get
4: out and
1: pull it through. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey Todd, thanks for joining us. uh Todd Stanley, everybody, if you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at t underscore odd soul. Todd Stanley, thanks, man. Todd, thanks for the Thank Yeah, to, to
2: hear from you, Todd. Have a great uh, holiday right. season. Yeah. Merry Christmas, buddy.
8: You too. All right. Oh, well, a, if if you want to guy. be
1: the listener of the week on next Tuesday's episode, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and tell us a few uh, interesting facts about yourself. Now, here's the secret sauce: we want stories. We want we want your facts to like lead to you telling us a story. So, uh, hit us up with yeah. some facts like about yourself, and we really some do and really don't
2: want impressions. <it>. It's like both.
5: (laughs) I can't. I don't like them. It's not that I I love Todd and I love all the people who've done it. I just don't like when people do voices of other people. It's just never. And Eddie does. Eddie loves it.
2: Oh, I love it for the same reason you don't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you
5: love is what I don't like. It's the exact right, same thing. Yeah.
3: Right. Everybody does. Everybody has the same impersonation of. Uh, it happens with a few people, but with Jimmy yeah. Stewart, where yeah. they just say the name. Like, yeah, oh, like, I'm, Jimmy Star- I'm Jimmy Stewart. It's yeah. like, well, that's not an imperson- impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> how many say times have I said? <laughs> I was about to say
2: how many times have I said I'm Eddie Cofolds but I realized hundreds on this podcast. It's what I yeah. say every time, but most yeah. people don't just announce their name. I don't think Jimmy Stewart
3: had a podcast though.
5: Do you think I'm going to, that terrifies me the most is someday someone's going to come on and do impressions of us.
3: Oh, and that's oh, what I yeah.
5: don't feel. I'm well, scared
3: of that. Those of us
1: who have distinct voices and or laughs
5: right i know yeah.
2: maybe like me would, would be maybe a target. It's just you annie yeah but i am you.
5: not one who handles roasting all that great all the no time. way
2: i've i have thin skin you will i'm
5: Christmas. too tender i'm way too tender <laughs> i love surprises not roasts uh,
3: some of us whose voices go up at the end of sentences sometimes without intending to It's super manly. uh, I don't think there's any point in making fun of it because
2: it's not funny.
4: It's (laughs) always
2: a crescendo with you.
5: <laughs> Always a Christian
1: dog. <laughs> <laughs> hit us up on Twitter at Roll Podcast if you want to be our listener of the week next week. Hey everybody, Friday. It's our live Christmas spectacular, the relevant podcast Christmas spectacular presented by Bright Peak. It's uh airing at 3 p.m. Eastern. If you want to join us in studio, you can. Uh just hit up the Eventbrite page that we set up uh, and have tweeted out. Look at our uh, Twitter feed and you'll see the link to uh to RSVP to join us if you want to. Uh, It'll be streamed on Facebook and on our site and then the regular podcast will go out like normal next Friday or Friday afternoon. So uh, join us for the live Christmas Spectacular this Friday. Lots of fun surprises surprises. in store. Yep.
2: Special guests. like jimmy stewart (laughs) and mrs doubtfire for just a second (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious todd we're gonna need you on friday
1: boy many thanks to lauren daigle for joining us hey make sure to catch her in the new issue of relevant it's out now it's a fantastic feature on her um also you can um follow her on twitter at lauren understore daigle and go get her christmas album and her new album uh they're great uh, on that note we'll wrap things up I'm Cameron Strang I'm Chandler Strang I'm Tyler Huckabee I'm Eddie Kaufholz
5: and I'm Annie F. Downs
1: we will see you on Friday
4: for real we'll like see you yeah yeah
1: we will on Friday great
4: don't
7: change cause you're beautiful thank you for listening to the relevant podcast
2: Olive Hesh slipped her arms through the sleeves of her green dress Pulled no. it over her head And smoothed it down with her hands no. After putting her white Over apron on <laughs> She ran a brush through her long light brown hair Once her face was free of knots she Once her hair was f- free of knots She braided it and pinned it tightly To fit underneath her prayer cap Her sister ran into her room You're going somewhere She spun around to see Naomi's grim face I am Don't tell mom the end. His, his Amish <laughs> nanny, an Amish romance.
7: Relevant Podcast Network.